Hey people, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales coach and consultant who works with coaches, business owners, and people in the world of sales who want to become more comfortable and confident in selling in their own natural human way. If you're enjoying the podcast episodes and would like to access some great free resources linked to the podcast series through the monthly newsletter, which also includes podcast extracts and news on upcoming masterminds, live streams and events, then you can email me chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com. That's chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com and quote, let's do this. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organization that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognized coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach That's www.mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, not another sales. And now, on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by dietitian personal trainer and founder of Fresh Fit and Healthy, Sarah Grace Penn. And Sarah and I are going to be talking all about how motion creates emotion. We're going to be discussing how our physiology can affect our psychology, the benefits that exercise can have on our state of mind and why that is happening, how it can be the best way to change your mood and tips on using exercise to change your mindset to more of a positive one, whether that be in the short term fix or a long term. So sit back, grab a pen and pads, and enjoy. Sarah, welcome. How are you? Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm really well. Thanks. Thanks for joining me for an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. You're very welcome. It's been a long time coming, but I'm glad we're here now. Yes, I know. Hard to connect like always, but <laughs> You're very popular. glad we're here. I'm busy in a good way. Yes. <laughs> so, Sarah, for people that are tuning in and aren't, aren't too aware or familiar with who you are, it'd be great to give them a bit of a, an insight and a story of, of, of what makes you you, really. Yeah, you know, there's so much I probably could say. Um, but, you know, I'm a dietitian. I'm a personal trainer. And I've authored a book. I have courses out there. But really, I mean, all of that's great. But My biggest passion and purpose is just to help people live a healthy but free life, free from the dieting, free from the food obsession, and really learn how to, what I like to say, diet like a dietitian and just learn what works for you and why. And I love empowering others to live a healthy life because I feel like that is what it takes to live out your purpose and live life to its fullest. But not in a restricted, chained down, you know, surrounded by dieting rules kind of way, more in a very free, liberating way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I'd love to delve into some of the stuff you said uh, a bit later on there. And you mentioned around one of your 
your key purpose, I suppose, and, and passion is helping people live a, a healthy life. And you know, it's been one of the main reasons as to why and, and the main themes I set up this podcast was in another uh, sort of arena is getting people to become more mindful and self-aware of, of what's going on within their world and how they can be, have a bit more control and understanding of it. And I think it's very easy when we talk about mindfulness and state of mind that it can be a bit of a challenging thing because people could get into a certain state of mind and it's hard to change that narrative but one of the biggest things and the reasons why I wanted to to get you on and get your insights into this was for me I found that exercise and changing your your state in that your physiology can have a massive effect on your psychology for you what do you think are some of the benefits that exercise can have on our state of mind oh I mean it's endless and that's what I love about health and fitness. It's not because I feel like there should be an obsession over a number or that even getting down to one specific number on the scale is going to make you happy or super healthy or anything and change your state of mind, but just getting into regular, consistent movement every day and fueling your body in a way that makes you feel energized, feel just alive inside it changes everything. And it not only helps you focus more when it comes to the areas of life that matter most to you, like your career, or your own business or anything like that. But, you know, when you conquer a workout, and you just feel like, wow, that was so hard, but I did it, I made it through and I didn't give up you take that into the rest of your life and you feel like, wow, if I can conquer that and I can push my body past what my mind thought I could do, then I can do that in everything that gets thrown at me in life. And I can conquer and overcome anything that life brings me. And I think that's the biggest part about living a healthy and fit life that is so important and changes just everything. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned motivation there I think it can it can really spur things on it's a bit of like a domino effect isn't it really when you have a an active lifestyle from a from a health point of view it can it can take it into your career you can take it into your family life your relationship whatever that is um but it's it's a great way and it's something that you can implement yourself you're not relying on others to do it for you exactly and I think as well, one of the things, and um, Tony Robbins talks about this is a big thing. He says, you know, he talks about motion creating emotion in that when we exercise, it releases these endorphins within, inside of us. and It creates that, that feeling of happiness and, and euphoria. And I, I find it's a great way sometimes to, to reset our, our, our body and our minds when we do get into a, a rut or into a state where we might not be thinking clearly. It, it kind of brings us back because some of the most common and physical signs of you know, one of the things that exercise helps with is stress. Um, mm-hmm. Is that when we get stressed, we release all these these hormones into our body in this chemical reaction that increases our heart rate and it puts us in this fight or flight response that we're still very ingrained in in this kind of prehistoric brain of ours. And what we're able to do with exercise there is to kind of like change the focus and to kind of reset the body and go, look, you know, we're not being chased by a saber toothed tiger here or anything, or we're not going to die. Like let's let's focus on something that we can control and it just helps us kind of uh, re- reset our um our i suppose guiding light really yeah no a hundred percent it really does affect so many different things in the body and it does 
you know, anything from affecting your hormones to giving you those good feelings of, um, you know, really increasing serotonin and all of those things that are going to make you feel happy and feel good. And, you know, that's why it, just getting out and getting your body moving can really help you when it comes to battling through things like anxiety and depression or just unable to concentrate because it it really does affect everything within your body when you can just get it moving every single day. Mm. And for the people that, that you work with and the clients that you have, what are some of the things that they've said to you they've noticed when they've started implementing this as part of a regular part of their lifestyle? Yeah, so they've experienced everything from increased energy levels to increased focus to, of course, the obvious more decreased body fat and increased lean muscle mass to just feeling like they are alive again. And that's the best way I can say it, because when you go from not feeling confident, not feeling good, not feeling happy inside to feeling like you walk into a room and you just shine because of your confidence levels, or you go from on the sidelines with your kids to now being able to play with your kids again, because you have the energy and the stamina to, and, you know, even personal relationships, I've all the way from working with clients that said, you know, before working with you, I hadn't had sex with my spouse in six months because I just didn't feel good in my body. And thank you because you changed that for me. And those are the kind of changes that I love to see, not just a change on the number on the scale, but things that are really going to help people live out their best life and live out the life they're meant to live. Yeah. And it's an interesting point you make there, because I think when a lot of people think about getting into shape and, and exercise and particularly with New Year around the corner, I mean, there's probably tons of people thinking I'm going to have a New Year's resolution of going to the gym, for example. A lot of people tend to focus on the visual aspects of losing weight, but I, I don't know if you find this as well, but some people aren't so focused on what it can actually do for your, your psychology. It's kind of a, oh, I didn't even realize this was happening, but this is a great surprise or benefit from doing so. Yeah. And the the thing is, is I think it's normal to have those more surface level goals of I want to lose 10 pounds, I want to lose 5% body fat. That's normal. We all have that place in life and with our bodies that we feel most comfortable with. But what my clients end up seeing after working with me is their initial goal was to lose weight or to lose body fat or to feel more toned. But what they got was so much more than that. And I think when you can start setting both those surface level, more fun goals of I want to see these changes in my body, plus the more deeper goals of your really, why are you doing this? That's when lasting change happens. Yeah. And I had um, Dan Holgan on the other week and he was talking about that, about being emotionally connected to your goals. It's all very well going. I want to lose 10 or 20 pounds, but What's the reason behind that? You mentioned earlier on, is it having more energy to play with your kids or is it, you know, to be able to do something you're not doing right now in your life? And I think that's that's very key for people when they're doing that. And I think, do you think that if people were, I suppose, from the start more clear on what they wanted to achieve from a psychological point of view as well as a physiological point of view, that they would have better results and be more motivated to start doing something? A hundred percent. And that's why with all of my clients, I have them really 
work through their goals and work through why they really want to achieve them and start really envisioning that life ahead that is them in that state when they have achieved those goals, because that alone will spur you on to massive action. When you have those feel good feelings and those emotions that are excited about what the future holds, you are so much more likely to go into the massive action it's going to take to get those results than if you just have these very vague goals and vague desires and shallow wants of, you know, it would be nice to see this change on the scale, but you really have no reason why you're doing it. You really don't have a deeper, um, you know, just attachment to that goal and what it's going to do for you. It's a lot easy. It's a lot more easier to just fall off when life is not ideal anymore to do that. But Mm. when you can have that deeper why, and people always say, how do you always stay motivated? I, even as a dietitian and trainer, don't always want to wake up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever time I'm waking up and go get my movement in or eat foods that make me feel well. I don't always feel like doing that just because that's my specialty, but I have that deeper why of why I do it. And that's what drives me on those days that even when I don't feel like getting up, when I when my alarm goes off and all I want to do is press news, I don't. And it's not because, oh, that number on the scale. It's because of that my deeper why. Yeah. And I think it's important as well to have those from the start because they're sometimes it's hard to measure if, if people do get so fascinated with the scales and want to do something and think, oh, I'm exercising, but I'm not losing weight, even though muscle weighs more than fat. So sometimes that's irrelevant. But if you're actually more mindful of the the, the the state of mind it can change within you and those things we talked about already then you you can see a great difference in that far quicker than you can from from a, a change in your body which is a which is another reason as to why you're going to continue to doing that rather than for example i think i saw a stat the other day that by february 80 percent of people's new year's resolutions have been have been demolished and given up on because and yeah. a lot of them probably around gym related is because oh i'm not seeing it but how are you feeling it's exactly. that's that's the main thing it's you know there's you know we use this common phrase of um I, i'll believe it when i see it but i, I saw one the other day where it's i'll, I'll see it when i believe it mm-hmm. and it's turning it around is that you've got to have that belief there and the belief comes from your state of mind first of all and then once you've got that in place you'll see those changes because you'll be sticking at it consistently yeah and that's why i really do give my clients the structure and accountability starting out, because I think that's key. I think we're all human. And I think even when we know what is best for us, we don't always do it. And I think that having accountability in your life, along with being emotionally attached to your goals and having that deeper why is huge. I think we all should have accountability in our lives in all areas. And I'm I'm sure we do have accountability in other areas like our jobs and You know, not always do we feel like going to work or getting work done with our own businesses, but we do it because we're emotionally attached to our goals and we have usually some sort of accountability telling us you better do it. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it should be different with our health and fitness. I think it's just as important, if not more important, because you can't be your best in any other area of life if you don't take your health off the back burner and start taking care of you first. Yeah, absolutely. And from a, a practical point of view for, for the listeners tuning in, what are some of the things that they can do to, I suppose, 
effectively start looking to change their state? What kind of exercise can they build in? Or I suppose when can they build it into their day? Would you yeah. Suggest? So the biggest thing I always say is your morning routine really sets you up for success or sets you up to probably not do the best you could if you don't do it. And so whether you have a structured workout or not, even just giving yourself 10 to 15 minutes of some kind of movement right in the morning, the first thing you do when you wake up is huge. Get that blood flowing. Even if it's body weight squats as you're brushing your teeth in the bathroom or, you know, doing some jumping jacks in your living room or walking your dog, anything just to get that blood flowing is huge. And then another thing is, you know, whether it's a structured workout or not, within day movement is such a bigger key than just a 30 minute workout. Your 30 minute workout, 60 minute workout is great. And it's good to be able to fit those in, you know, anywhere three to five times a week. But whether it's on those days or the other days, what are you doing within your 24 hour day? Are you sitting at a computer all day long, sitting down, laying down on the couch? Or are you moving your body? And for me, somebody that works from home, works from their computer, I have to be conscious of that. And I have a standing desk, number one. And number two, I go on walk breaks as much as possible as my mental break. And I think that getting in anywhere from seven to 10,000 steps a day is huge. And just trying to be conscious of every so often moving my body, even if it's not a structured workout that day. And that's what I teach. A lot of my clients are super busy, whether they're busy moms or busy professionals, and they don't have all the time in the world to go to the gym and spend two hours there. And I don't think you need to do that to get results. I think just starting with getting that within day movement in every single day and then going from there. If you have time incorporating two to three strength workouts a week and then two to four times of more cardio-based workouts a week. But starting grounds is just getting that body moving consistently every day because I think that you know, I don't think I know that that is huge. That is going to change things right there. Just getting in that within day movement and above, above all it's 80% nutrition. They always say it's 80% nutrition, 20% what you do in the gym. And it couldn't be more true. What you do in the kitchen can way outdo whatever movement or workouts you're doing. And that's why a lot of people say I'm working out, I'm killing myself in the gym, and I'm not seeing the results. Well, that is coming down to your nutrition. And so I really work with people on not getting these strict dieting, but just starting to balance their meals and snacks in a way that is going to make them feel satisfied and more energized and learning to hit their protein goals that they need for their specific body and how to eat a little bit more frequently um, instead of just having huge meals, you know, two to three times a day and starting to work on the more nutrition basics before you get into the nitty gritty or trying to follow these strict dieting programs that aren't going to last anyways really just learning how to balance and moderate all foods and learn how to fit your favorite foods in because at the end of the day, life is meant to be enjoyed. And if you're saying no sugar, no alcohol, no nothing, 
you're not going to enjoy yourself. And even if you are 10 pounds less, what does that matter if you're not enjoying your life? <laughs> and so I'm a dietitian that will never tell you to cut all foods out. Unless you have an allergy or an insensitivity to something, you can fit that into your diet. It just has to be in a balanced way. And you have to learn how to fit them into your daily needs. And that's what I really help empower my clients to do is to really help them learn what works for them and why and what foods work for them and why and, you know, how to fit their favorite foods and how to go out and have a social life and still stay on track, how to go through holidays, how to travel for work or for events or for vacations and still stay on track because that's real life. Real life is not whole 30 where you're cutting everything out for 30 days. <laughs> real life yeah. is how do I still live a healthy life when life isn't ideal, when I'm traveling for work, when I'm on vacation, when the holidays come up, when, you know, something really crazy goes on in life and I don't feel like doing any of this, you know, how do you do it then? And that's what I really help people do is make it a part of a, their life. Just, just a new lifestyle, not, oh, here's a 12 week program to follow and then go back to your old way of living. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, f food, as you mentioned there and diet is a big part of our state of mind as well in that you know we, as you mentioned we have all we do all have our foods we have our cravings and when we eat those types of foods it, it does make us feel good so as you said it's it's pointless cutting that out but it's also realizing in moderation something can make you feel good but or it can just keep you in that, that state for example in this you know at the moment in london well i say at the moment it's like this nine or ten months time a year but it's cold and it's dark early and people want to go home and early and then they'll just sit there and maybe get some food and you're just putting it into your body and it's kind of just creating that that if you're in a certain state of mind it's not encouraging you to to change that state it's just sort of you know conforming to it and making you feel comfortable within it yeah whereas having a smoothie or, or something like that that i've start, tried to start implementing um this year when in the evening has, has given me so much more energy and just sort of changed my my state just by doing something like that even even just psychologically that placebo effect of knowing I'm putting something good into my body is helping me with my mindset. Yeah. No, and I, I encourage clients to start their days out with green smoothies because it's a super easy way to pack in a ton of nutrition very quickly early in the day without eating a ton of spinach, but you're stuffing spinach in a smoothie where you don't taste it and you're getting in lots of greens. You're able to add all those superfoods. You're able to add some good carbohydrates, some good protein, some good healthy fats that keeps you satisfied, gets you energized for the day, but doesn't make you feel sluggish. And I think it's huge to be able to start your day and end your day like that. Yeah. Yeah. And on the topic you mentioned earlier on about exercise during the day, I think you'll appreciate this. I, uh, worked for a company up until the end of last year and we used to have mm -hmm. a 4pm workout so every day the whole office would stop we'd put some music on for five minutes the phones would go off and we'd just do a workout it'd be like a Simon Says workout it might just be press-ups but everyone would be in their shit uh, suits or shirts and ties and dresses and yeah it was just it was great just to kind of you know it's that point of the day sometimes where you might feel a bit sluggish and it's just good to change change your state for you, Sarah, what um, you mentioned earlier on around your morning routine, what does your morning routine look like? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it might change, but what's the consistent things within there? Yeah, so for my morning routine, I call it the fresh fit and health. 
And what I say is for 30 minutes, if you can just give me 30 minutes of your day, you can set your day up for success. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. But briefly, what I mentioned earlier, that 10 to 15 minutes of movement. So getting that blood flowing, whether it's just going on a quick run, going on a walk, doing some body weight squats, whatever it is, doing something and get that blood flowing. And then another five to 10 minutes of personal development, personal growth. And so whether that's reading a book, whether that's listening to a podcast, whether that's reading the Bible, like I do in a devotional, anything that really personally grows you. And then another five to 10 minutes of something that relaxes you and sets the tone of your day. So whether that's meditation, yoga, prayer, some light stretching, anything like that. And if you can just you know, dedicate yourself in your mornings to that, those 30 minutes doing something that personally grows you something that de-stresses you and moving that your body so that you get that blood flowing, you're bound to have a good day and whatever life throws at you, you'll be in a much better place to handle it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. With some great, some great tips there. And, and and moving on to, to yourself, I know we've referenced what you do throughout, but what inspired you to, to do what you do now and, and for example, set up your, your Instagram page, Fresh Fit Healthy and, and go the route that you've gone? Yeah, so I was always a competitive athlete. I played soccer, I played basketball, and then in high school, I started running as well. And that ended up becoming what I specialized in. I went on to run for the University of Florida, which is a D1 college. And there I was able to work with a sports dietitian myself because all of us athletes got to work with her. And that really is what made me realize I want to do this. I want to help people like she helped me. And I want to help people reach their potential through nutrition. And, you know, way, way back in my history, back in high school, I did have an unhealthy relationship with food on, you know, one of the extremes, and that was having an eating disorder and going through anorexia and starving my body. And so once I was able to overcome that, and then I was working as an athlete with a dietitian, I realized now that I'm in a healthy state of mind, I want to help people use food in a healthy way, whether that be avoiding either extreme, whether it be under eating severely or whether it be overeating, you know, really using food as fuel and learning how to treat your body in a healthy way to where you can live out your potential in life. And so I completely changed my major sophomore year of college from double major in business and psychology, going to law school to, you know, becoming a dietitian and going the science route and learning, having to go through all the chemistries and biochemistries and organic chemistry, all those kind of fun classes. And, you know, from there, I went and got my master's in sports nutrition and exercise physiology. And now I just, you know, I, I always knew I was called to go a different way. And so I started my Instagram, Fresh Fit and Healthy. Um, just simply to share my life journey and share what I was learning throughout school and share just the journey I was taking to a healthy lifestyle. And I had no business intentions behind it. But as it started growing, I realized that, hey, like this could really align with my career. And this could be my career. And I could do my own thing instead of, you know, going the typical dietitian route. And that's what 
made me really decide to go and blaze my own trail. I didn't want to do it like the typical dietitians did. I never, I've never been one to follow what everyone else does. And I didn't think that what most dietitians did out there, which was come into my office for one hour, have a consult, get some helpful handouts and go on your way and I'll never see you again. I didn't think that that was really helpful to anyone. I didn't think I could change someone's life by doing that. And so I wanted to go off on my own and create the Freshman Healthy Academy, which is a 12-week experience where you get not only the meal planning, the workouts if needed, all of that kind of good stuff, but you get me as just a friend and a coach along the way for ultimate accountability and just to walk life with so that you can troubleshoot in real life what's going on and not have to just figure it out on your own. I wanted people to have access to me in a way where throughout the week, even outside of our one-on-one calls each week, they were able to troubleshoot things that were going on so that it could become more of a lifestyle for them. And so that's what the Freshman Healthy Academy really turned into. And I now work with clients worldwide. I've even had clients all the way in Australia and Hong Kong, but of course, all over the U.S. and around Canada as well. Mm -hmm. And in the U.K. yet? I have not had one yet. (laughs) If anybody's listening to this, hit Sarah up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, um, And you mentioned there in in the story that you've shared, and thank you, quite quite a few pivotal moments I suppose for you but what do you think you've learned most about yourself along along the way so far you know so much and I've been in so many ups and downs throughout um you know just life in general and I think the biggest thing that I've learned about myself is that you're never you're never good on your own to where you're just I want to say like you are never you're just one step away from falling flat on your face and I think I say and I say that because I loved food I always did I never cared about what I ate I never cared about nutrition and I would laugh and say I would never have an eating disorder I love food way too much and it's crazy how the one thing I made jokes about, about how I'd never have that, um, ended up happening to me. And it wasn't because I thought I was fat and I needed to diet. My reasoning was more so because personal life was way out of control. And I felt so out of control in every other area of my life that I felt like I needed control. And the only way I could gain some sort of control was to control the food I ate. And so I think that you know, outside of the typical answer dietitian and trainer might give you, which is, you know, healthy living and the, the food you eat and the movement you do can really change your life and really help you become your best. I think the biggest thing I've personally learned is we're never strong enough on our own. And I think that's why accountability and community is huge. And I've always said it's one of the biggest pillars of my system and of my coaching and of everything I do, because I think that whether it be personal life or your health or your career or anything, um, we're never good enough on our own. And I think there's power in numbers. And I think that accountability and being in community with other people is definitely necessary. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and thank you again for, for sharing that because I'm sure at the time and what you've been through there, it's 
is is a is a real challenge, I suppose. And one of uh, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot around mindset today, and one that probably started with that first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think then? On on, and I'm very big on focusing on this because I think in this in this world we often focus on what we're not good at and what we need to do more of, but we don't focus enough on on our strengths and realizing that you know we don't need to be good at everything, but if we're good at three or four things and that's the most important thing let's play to them what would you say is your biggest strength that you pride yourself on you know I think it's funny because and maybe anyone out there can resonate with this but I think a lot of times our biggest strength can also be our greatest weakness if taken to too much of an extreme and anything anything good can be turned to bad as well and I think my greatest strength is my drive, my almost perfectionist type A personality because it helps. It's it's helped me overcome a lot. It's helped me, my strength and my drive and just my, um, you know, type A is it helped me to build the business I have at such a young age and to help me overcome everything that has happened to me in life and to get to where I am today. But that's also what led to a lot of more of the valleys in my life because my type A perfectionist kind of personality has held me back a lot as well and made me either stagnant and paralyzed because things weren't perfect yet or you know, my, my strength and just needing to almost have that control and have be that type A kind of personality also made me take something good like health and fitness and turn it into the extreme because everything has to be to the extreme and perfect. And so, you know, going back to your question, I think my strength is, you know, being that driven type a personality that has helped me achieve so much in life whether it be running in college and winning the state championship in high school and being a straight a student never getting a b in my life and building the business of my dreams right out of school and somehow making it work but it's also led to a lot of valleys in my life as well Mm. yeah absolutely absolutely well sarah thank you so much for your your insights and, and your thoughts today. And, and as a final question, I suppose, and we've talked about a fair few things on here, if listeners were to take just one or two things that they would go and implement straight after listening to this, what would you suggest? I would say really trying to hone in on the basics of nutrition and movement before trying to be perfect about any nitty gritty kind of things or trying that New Year's diet or trying that just new diet in general out there. Before you do that, go back to basics. And what I mean by that is, are you getting eight to 10 glasses of water in a day? Are you eating balanced meals and snacks where you're getting some good proteins, fats, and carbs in? Are you getting, you know, seven to nine hours of sleep a night? Are you managing your stress? Because stress and sleep will do more damage to your body than anything that you eat. And so are you managing your stress and are you getting adequate sleep? And then really, what are you doing outside of that health and fitness area of your life? Because I think having, again, that community and just purpose in life, because you're living for something more than just the number on the scale, really does do a lot of good for everybody. And having that thing that you're excited about and that 
you know, spurs you on is really important for everyone to find. And whether that ends up being your career or not, finding that thing that's yours and that makes you excited. But I think that, you know, going back to those nutrition basics and just starting to move your body, getting in those seven case, seven to 10 case steps a day, and just to start doing that morning routine that I mentioned earlier, all of those can be really good starting places before just trying the next new diet out there. The one thing I would recommend is staying away from the dieting world and those strict, crazy dieting programs, because we all know that they leave us back at square one. They might work for a little time, but they leave you in a more frustrated place and a worse place because they usually damage your body. And you're just starting back at square one over and over again. And it's the most frustrating cycle to be in. And so really trying to just go at it from a more holistic approach, really trying to focus on the basics and above all consistency wins. And so if you cannot follow something two years from now, it's not a good program for you. Consistency and what you can make into a lifestyle versus just a short-term diet is always going to win. Amen to that. And for the listeners who want to stay up to date, Sarah, and, and now sort of tune in and want to follow you sort of moving forwards, how can they find you online? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, it's my favorite, and that's Fresh Fit, the letter N, not and healthy. So fresh, fit and healthy. And then my blog with lots of healthy recipes and good health and fitness tips, freshfitandhealthy.com are the two biggest places you can find me right now. Great. Well, Sarah, thank you again. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for your sharing your story of what you've been through so far and also your, your knowledge and your insights. I've, I've had a lot of fun chatting with you. I had so much fun chatting with you too. Thanks for having me on, Chris. You're very welcome. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Hey, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram, Not Another Sales Guy, underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing Not Another Sales Podcast. And also, if you want to connect to me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.